Welcome to The Lively Show. Let's explore the beauty of being alive. Hello, my friends, and welcome to today's show. I am so excited to be bringing you a requested Beauty of Being Alive topic, which is all about elevating your outfits. This is something you guys requested over on Instagram at Bella Lively World. I asked what kind of Beauty of Being Alive episode would you like, and this is what you picked. So I am here to share all of the things I could possibly think of that have to do with what I've learned in my own little outfitting journey to elevate my outfits. And obviously, fashion is a completely passionate, sovereign experience. So you're going to have to find out of any of these, what sparks joy for you and go and go ahead and try them. If they don't spark joy for you, of course, don't do them. So I think that goes without saying, but either way, I've had so much alignment time over the last year, learning this subject in a deeper way than I've ever had before. And I just, am going to share everything I could think of to tell you some of this stuff. If you've watched other YouTubers or fashion people talk will sound similar. And I also try to rack my brain to think think of anything that I found personally that I do now in my passion for outfitting that really makes a difference to me and the joy and the putting together of the outfit that feels more elevated, especially the things that even I before this didn't think to do basically. So I'm kind of speaking to my younger self. There was always a kind of general general interest into fashion and outfitting in my earlier years of life. I was a jewelry designer for 14 years. I designed handbags, accessories, you name it. So obviously I've been around the space and love design overall for my entire life. But this outfitting year has been definitely another level. And so here are my tips for you. Number one is because I can say this is probably what's allowed me to have this level of growth is taking photos of your outfits. If you're interested in getting into this and getting better at it, taking photos. This is the same if you're having a podcast and you're going to do a podcast. I really recommend you listening to your episodes. I still listen to the solo episodes. I don't listen to the interviews anymore, but I because I don't want to get in my head about the interview, like, oh, maybe I should have asked that question better, blah, blah, blah. But in the earlier years of the podcast, even myself, I was the editor of the show and I spent 20 hours a week on the show, <laughs> probably 10 or 12 of them editing myself word by word. So I really listened to a lot of myself interviewing. So I got good about the interview style version of it all then. Now I relax about that, but I still listen to my solo episodes just to give myself feedback on how I can improve my speaking on the shows. So So this would be the same for outfitting. Take photos to be able to track your progress and be able to, you know, generally assess what you did well and what you can improve on and what really suits you and what you thought looked good in your head. But when you see it in the outfit, you're like, in the photo, you're like, oh, actually I can improve upon that little element. I can see it myself. I started taking photos last year at this time in Australia. And when I look back on those pictures now, I can see so many pieces of like my hair, my makeup, my outfit itself, like so many pieces of progression, of evolution. And even from February of this year to now, kind of in similar weather seasons, I am so much better at doing outfits. And that's because I took pictures and I was able to track the journey along the way. So I really recommend that for yourself, whatever your style may be, whatever your body type may be, that is super helpful. And especially because it gives you that body type awareness to see what suits you. And I would say when it comes to trends right now, the trends being 
oversized everything kind of in some, at least in London, that's a very popular trend. I don't look that great in oversized everything because I'm five foot four and a half. So with that in mind, I try to adapt the trends and adopt the ones that I love, A, that spark joy and B, that I think spark joy and how I like looking in the outfits. And then I take classic elements that still work for me and my body type and I weave those in to these trendier versions of things. So that has been my way to, especially right now, navigate the current trends. My best kind of like thing to do would be highlight my waist. So crop tops and stuff in the summer, it's so easy to do that. Winter, a little less so because I don't like the cold being on my midsection. But in the summer, that's an easy, easy area for me to have like a long flowy skirt with a crop top, tight top. So easy for my body type. That is just something that is effortless because it goes in alignment and supports what already is my body's like place I like to highlight and is easy and natural. But for someone else that has really long legs and maybe doesn't have that same kind of torso, they might really love, let's say, skinny leggings and an oversized sweater with riding boots. That is not the easiest thing for me because it's really highlighting my widest part of myself being down at my lower, below my hips, basically below my butt into the top part of my leg that's in a chunky sweater. And then covering the chest and the midsection is not the easiest thing for me. But if I get the proportions right and I get the shoe right, I can do that also. So it's more about adapting these trends and finding what works for you. For example, I just bought a new pair, brand new pair of waxed denim skinny jeans, black waxed denim skinny jeans. And I was like, oh my God, this is so not what people are buying right now. I'm going completely against what is considered popular right now, but it looks good on my legs. And so, especially with the right kind of shoe with like a black riding boot, that looks good. And I like it because when I was in Chicago, oh, so many years ago, um, I used to wear riding boots in brown all the time. I have pictures of me in Women's Day magazine wearing brown riding boots and blue jeans with a red J. Crew sweater <laughs> and a little vintage scarf. Um, so I've obviously done the look before, but I've updated it now by wearing black riding boots and black waxed denim. So it's kind of a play on the leather pant trend, which is always in season, usually in the fall and winter months and is certainly in a season now, but I just picked it. And then I was like, I'm going to do it with the riding boot and do it a little bit my own way. And then with that, I can do the oversized things if I choose to. So it's all about taking those photos, seeing what complements you, picking the trends that actually serve and support you, and then mix them with the classic elements that you know and love and have in your closet at, that you just feel confident, comfortable in and mixing those. I think we can still wear things that may not be in trend. When we mix them into trend, it can still look updated. And I do think a lot of it has to do with the silhouettes being updated right now, like not having everything being super form-fitting. used to be more popular in the early 2000s and 2010, that kind of thing. But now it is about having some kind of proportion. But as a petite person with five foot four height, I do think having maybe one piece oversized, whether it's the bottom or the top, and then do the other one in reverse does serve me better. So having that self-awareness for your own body and adapting it to what you're working with will help. Number two is take a bra strap or some kind of string <laughs> or elasticated something and you tuck it around your waist and then tuck your tops or sweaters 
into this strap that's tucked up. And so you don't have to tuck your stuff into your pants. You can tuck it into this strap or a bra strap or elastic or belt or whatever you're going to find, a shoelace to wrap around your body and then tuck it up in there instead of tucking into the pants. This is something I've done. Some people have even asked me, how do you do that? Especially when I do it with my yoga Pilates outfit. Sometimes I'll just, if I'm going to Pilates that day, I tend to just wear the workout clothes until I go to Pilates, but I'll wear an oversized sweatshirt with it. And I don't think it looks very flattering on me or elevated to have the sweatshirt just hanging down to my hips. It just hits me at a weird spot. It doesn't look that great, but it looks really nice if I tuck it up. And so you can kind of see my legs and they look longer. So I use the bra strap trick to keep those sweatshirts up because they would never stay in the leggings themselves throughout the day. So that's a little tip that I do. So I don't actually tuck things into the actual pants. I tuck them up and that really just is so secure. It just makes sure, you just make sure that it's not really showing your skin if you want it to be the illusion that it's tucked into your pants, but it just gives you the full circumference of tucking ability. You could half tuck, you can full tuck, um, you can blouse it out. You can play with the proportion of how much is tucked and not when you have a secure base. I think this is a great item. I don't know if this already exists as a product, but I think it's a great product to create because I think there's, I've just am using something that I have on hand, but it's something that I think someone could make a, a nice adjustable product for, and many people could be able to enjoy as a little trick. This also going with it, a lot of people are probably gonna wonder if I say this one, the elasticated elastic bands on your cuffs and blazers for sweaters. So basically you can take like hair ties, elastic hair ties, and wrap them around your wrist and then push them up on your cuffs of your blazers or sweaters. I've even done this with shirts now too. So if I want the three quarter length look of the blazer to kind of look like it's zhuzhed up, but I don't wanna actually roll the cuffs because rolling the cuffs on the blazer, the way we used to roll our cuffs of our denim shirts in 2010 is not as 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 elevated looking now. It looks better when the cuff goes straight down, but you can still keep the height up and kind of keep them up around your, you know, high part of your forearm or up to your elbow if you use elastic bands. So I use some, and actually I've just manifested yesterday. I've been using these teeny plastic ones that are super thin, but they are tight. And so they take a while to stretch out and feel comfortable. And I'm sure many people would not even want to deal with the faff of them. And I was like, you know, they are so effective. I just wish they made bigger ones. And I was at Boots yesterday and found they had some bigger ones. So I got some that are wider and already looser. Therefore, when I put them on to start, but you could just take anything, elastic hair ties, basically, um, the more thin they are, the more out of the way and like less obvious they are. But I will say like, if I go with DD to a bar or a pub or something and we, I wear the cuffs like this and then I take off the blazer, then there's like these little plastic things unless I adjust them. So it's a little bit of annoyance there. Um, if I'm taking off the blazer, but especially if I'm leaving it on, then it's really nice to have. Or sweaters, it's nice too. I've just started realizing this is good for a lot of things. And for myself with my limbs not being that long, I often like to see a little bit of skin around my ankle or skin around my wrists. Uh, I think it makes my 
body proportions work really well. And then on the flip side, Trini Woodall, uh, you guys might know I have a huge passion for her and everything she shares. I just love her so much. She and I always feel like genetically, I feel like I look like her genetic daughter <laughs> more than her daughter looks like and more than I look like my parents. I think she and I sometimes look more similar, but she's like five foot 10. So she's me, but just really, really tall. And she always is adding fabrics to her ankles and to her um, wrists, especially to, as she always calls her arms, orangutan arms. So she's always trying to add fabric because often things fall short of that and she wants to cover it. But I'm kind of so petite that I like to actually accentuate that extra space and have that there to have the limbs look more long. So it's up to you and your body type what to do with that. But that's something that I definitely do and it works well. One of the things that's very common if you go into fashion stuff, so I know I'm repeating from, I think I'm going to quote Emma Hill most likely, or Lydia Jane Chalmlinson also talks about this, is the three color per outfit guideline. So obviously you don't have to do this, but three or less colors per outfit often does look more cohesive as a, an outfit than more. Now, if you're wearing a multicolored print, you know, forget about this. If you're in a tropical place too, often I feel like this can not even be relevant, but it does, especially in colder climates or more former climates or what have you, three colors or less. I often do just two colors per outfit. And that really, really, really works well. And I have probably, you know, different tones of mostly neutrals now at this point. And it is so interchangeable with all of the, especially with all the black things that I have for the winter. My summer wardrobe though is more varied and multicolored and so forth. Uh, but when it comes to the winter stuff, especially have tons of camel and tons of black, and it is just endlessly interchangeable, which with this kind of outfit color thing does just endlessly make these interchangeable elevated looking outfits. So keep that in mind if you want to. All tonal is super popular right now, wearing basically tones of the same color over the entire outfit, or even just doing that kind of tone thing with another thing, whether that's brown or black or what have you, denim, um, that can look really great. Uh, one other thing, brown denier tights. I'm going to quote Kate Hutchins on this. Thank you, Kate Hutchins, for doing all the research on the tights game. So she's a fashion blogger I love following. She talked about, and I'd never seen anyone besides her speak about this, that Right now, semi-sheer tights are very trendy. Instead of super opaque tights, the ones that you can kind of see your leg through are very popular. And I tried Denier 15, which is an even thinner tight. And I found it annoying because as I pulled them on, everywhere my fingers touched, I saw a mark was left on the tight. So I don't know how people get 15 or thinner on without getting these like, not runs, but just these like stretch marks where your fingers are pulling up the, the tight up your leg. So didn't like that, but the Denier 20 doesn't do that. And her tip was to get brown instead of black. And she said, you know, the undertone of the black gives the effect of gray legs, but the brown gives a warmer undertone effect. And I can say at the 20 Denier level that, you can't totally tell it's brown. It just looks like a warmer leg, as all I could say. So I don't think people would really notice it. And if I'm wearing it all with all black most of the time, because I don't have much brown actually at all for my lower half in anything that I have in my wardrobe right now. So I'm wearing it with black boots and black shoes and that kind of thing. You can't tell. It just looks like a warmer leg. She's so right. So um, she recommended the Chalcedonia tights in the Denier 20 mocha color in the invisible line. So if you can find that, that is wonderful. I couldn't find a link for you to share that easily 
through to the US. So I don't, y'all have to like look up, do you have Chalcedonia in your area? Otherwise, Denny or 20 brown tights will do the trick. Um, now, when it comes to, this is something I've learned in the last year, and this is just from my own observation, trying on outfits. And this is another tip just in general. Try on, especially when you get something new, like new boots or a new pair of shoes or a new pair of pants or something. I am realizing when you get it, go home and try it on with like anything you could think it might look good with or even might not look good with, but just try it on with a bunch of things all at once just to get a sense of what you like it with and what options you might have and you might not have even thought of before. So it kind of gives you a cheat. So you put everything on for like five or 10 minutes, try it on, look in the mirror, see how it looks, even take obviously bonus points if you take a photo, but then that'll give you an idea of some go-to looks and your regular days so that as you're going through your day, if you don't have a lot of time for this kind of stuff, like I have tons of time for it. But if you don't have time with a busy life and schedule and kids and what have you, knowing what looks good with that new item in your wardrobe ahead of time, I think just makes the getting ready process simpler and smoother in the rest of your days and weeks to come with that new item in your wardrobe. If you just get it and put it in the wardrobe and then put on outfit together and it's kind of a shot in the dark, you either love it or hate it, it can often take a lot longer to figure out how you want to work with that and how you want to interchange it. And so the creativity might be more limited than if you just sit there and try on 10 different things with that new item just to see how it does and doesn't look good. So with all of that practice in myself, I have noticed, and this is just a current observation. You know, remember back in the day when there were the rules of not to wear brown and black together and not to mix black and navy? That's all obviously out of the window. We know that. And we now look at those combinations and find them so beautiful to pair them where in the past our eyes were trained through mass consciousness and belief systems to not think it was so pretty to do it that way. Well, now we do. One of the things, I don't know if I'll always feel this way, but currently I feel is that I have two belts and the two belts I have are um, really beautiful Celine belts. They have these really nice little front logo details on them. I love it because it is the logo of Celine, but it's not... um, it, it looks decorative at the same time. It, to me, it looks a little bit more subtle than the, remember the Gucci belts that had the big GGs. Obviously it's not that different, but I like the design of the Celine one because it looks a little bit more elemental and design focused and driven than just like a logo specifically. Now with that in mind though, because it has a shape and it's very specific, it's a little bit decorative even. I have recognized that when I try my outfits, when I'm wearing the belts, I don't prefer to have a pendant necklace with them. A pendant necklace is a, necklace that you wear that has a center point, whether it's a stone like a diamond or something that looks like a diamond, or if it's a pendant, like something that's hanging like a, a, a disc or, you know, you know what a pendant necklace is, I'm sure at this point, but pendant necklaces make this point when you wear them. And I've found when I'm wearing this belt, if I wear with this, if I wear a pendant necklace with this belt, I don't think it looks as good basically. And if I wear no belt, I think the pendant necklaces look great because they make this V shape. But if there is the belt at my waist with that decorative feature, especially because it's so eye-catching. If it was a more classic belt buckle, I don't know if this would bother me so much, but I've noticed that I really think it looks elevated when I'm wearing the belt. I just wear chain necklaces, something without any V shape to it because there's no center point 
weight pulling it down into the v-shape so i'll wear light delicate chains and i'll wear a layer i'll layer three chains with it but i won't put a pendant necklace with it nine times out of ten i'll just do that or i'll do pendant necklaces or just delicate chains when i feel like it without a belt so this is a very subtle thing and i've never i don't think i've ever heard anyone talk about it but i've noticed that that looks better because the point plus the belt buckle detail just feels like it's two necklaces in their competing. So it's a little bit that Chanel quote about put all your accessories on and then take one off. It's like, for me, it's take the pendant necklace off if there's a detailed belt in the mix. That's just my observation. If it was a more subtle thing or classic belt, or if it was even like uh, some of those, I, I doubt I don't have any Hermes belts or anything, but some of those Hermes style belts, which are popular, whether whatever price point you get them at, but they're much more subtle. They might be fine with like a simple pendant, but when it comes to the one that I have from Celine, I feel like it looks best with just chains or just a simple swooping necklace, not a pointed V-shaped you know, effect. When it comes to the current trends too, one of them is big, chunky vintage earrings. This is so easy to go to a vintage store or to Etsy to find. So if you're curious, if you want to play with that trend, that is from a jewelry's perspective of my previous years as a jewelry designer is something that is so easy to do. You can go to Etsy, you can go to a vintage shop and get one of a kind pieces and you'll have the look without having to I mean, if you find a piece that you actually like somewhere else, go for it. But that is something that is very easy to be on trend with in a very unique way by finding the magical ones that feel right for you. Now, when it comes to this stuff too, I want to say half of what I find elevates my outfit is not actually the fashion itself. So those things I just shared are all the physical items in the actual outfits and styling of them that I actually do. But the rest of what I do that I think actually makes my outfits look more elevated is actually what I'm going to share now. And that is the stuff I do on, let's say the quote unquote beauty side of things on the physical um, skin, hair, nails, makeup, that stuff. So this stuff is what I really feel like has been taking my looks to the next level. And I can notice that again, because I'm taking the photos, I can see how the whole look comes together when these pieces are also in play. So if I had not been taking the photos, I would not have noticed these pieces being quite so effective or impactful in the outfits, but I really want to share them because I think they make a huge difference. Now, this is before I get into all the really nitty gritty ones, I want to say the big thing is what I'm doing right now, at least with my own fashion, as I'm getting more confident and clear about exactly what I like, and I'm incorporating what I, you know, what serves the culture and climate that I'm in, being London, and the climate uh, is obviously different than the UK. The cultures, or sorry, than Portugal. It, the culture is different than Portugal. So it's been so fun to adapt. How do I want to be in this environment, space, place, time? How do I want to play with what's already popular here and add my own flavor that feels just like me? So I would say for yourself, wherever you are in the world, be bold on the areas you're most confident in. So maybe for you, that's your makeup. Maybe you are a diehard makeup person and you know how to rock a red lip in a way that I've never worn red <laughs> lips. Like I have no idea how to do that. Or maybe you really have a great eyeliner effect. You know, maybe you're really good at makeup. That could be an area you're super confident in and doing exactly what you love in your makeup look could be part of that like key signature sovereign choices that you're just like playing with 
and endlessly being creative. And it might be a little bit off what is considered traditionally trendy at this moment. So makeup might be your thing. For me, obviously it's jewelry because I know that area the most. I know what I like. I have tried every piece of jewelry under the sun over the 14 years of designing it myself. And then ever since then, I've become a passionate collector of other designers. So I really know and love jewelry. I worked in a high school, as high school student, I was a jewelry accessory. Um, I worked in a jewelry store selling diamond rings to people and engagement rings and that kind of thing. I know the subject of jewelry quite well. So this area is a place I've been fearlessly investing in over the years. And because I know so confidently what I like, and I know the longevity of different materials, that kind of thing. So I, and also, you know, as it goes eight years in the suitcase, more or less, <laughs> I can actually buy jewelry because it's small and I can take it with me where other bigger things like shoes were the heaviest, bulkiest, least things I wanted to invest in as I traveled because I could have the least amount of them. So jewelry though was not a, a concern. So I have a good collection of jewelry and some of my pieces are more outspoken and personalized. Kind of like I just said with the makeup look, someone might do this with makeup. That's not the area that I tend to stand out in. In makeup, I do a very um, overall classic natural look, but the jewelry is where I add a little flavor. So my outfit might look very similar in some cases in some days to almost anybody you could see on Instagram that I like following because I really like their style. So I'm looking like, you know, the outfit might be very similar to what they're wearing, but my jewelry is my version of how I like to do jewelry. And that makes the outfit look distinctly my own. So even though the base pieces are maybe very replicatable, the actual jewelry is collected and has stories and, and a personality to it that is me. And I think in my home, my home is very on trend in a lot of cases, but the crystals that I collect are kind of the jewelry for my house. And so that's the area in pottery when I can find it. Um, I love to invest in those kind of pieces of art that just make the place feel really distinctly unique while being on trend at the same time to the trends that I like. Then we have, you know, someone else though might do shoes or hair, whatever it is. Maybe hair. Hair is amazing because if you're really great at hair, hair is like free to, to do. If you can do your own hair and really cool styles, that is something you can endlessly change and is really cost effective if you actually have the skill and the hair to do it with. So anyways, pick your area and be confident in it. And I think that is a way to customize and personalize outfits, no matter how common in popular certain aspects might be your own confident area of personal flair and flavor, I think is also really fun to play with as you get into the space. At first, you kind of replicate what you see as you're passionate about it, but you don't really know much. And then as you narrow in and laser into what really works for you, what you really like, and then also those things that you're most passionate about, I think it just adds more and more personality overall. Okay, now let's get straight into the nitty gritty of the beauty stuff. So color wow powder in the hairline. Color Wow is a product line. And I saw Chris Appleton. I don't know if he's the founder of it or just a spokesperson for Color Wow, but he's a very good looking hairstylist. He was in Australia and I was following Trini Woodall's you know, stories on Instagram. And he was on the news segment or at the same news segment that she was at that day. And he was filling in her hair line with this Color Wow powder. So it looks basically like brown eyeshadow smudged into the hairline where there's thinning hair. 
in the hairline. So not all over your head, but just in the front where the hairline might be receding or as bald patches a little bit thinner in certain areas. He was pushing it into her hair and it was just seeing it on the video. I was like, oh my goodness. I literally looked up this product and I went straight out of the house an hour or two later and bought the product at Space and K. I am obsessed with it. It's something so subtle. I have been taking some supplements to help with hair. I have a little bit of patchiness, which I, when I was younger, didn't have around two parts on either side of my hairline. And so as I'm waiting for that to grow in, if the supplements actually help, this powder immediately helps. <laughs> so that is something that adds thickness and just as a really subtle thing that makes a difference. No one would know you're doing it and you don't necessarily need color wows powder. I definitely think you could probably get the right kind of makeup brush plus eyeshadow in the color of your hair would probably do the same trick, but I just want to flag that because it is so subtle, but so effective. Something I never would have thought of before, but makes a difference, at least in my joy and my observation. Then also kind of on the same thing, L'Oreal has a spray that you can put onto the roots. So if you're different root color to your hair color, or you have a little bit of gray or white coming through, you can use Color Wow powder to get through till your next hair appointment if you're dyeing it or you're planning to, but you don't have it done yet just to kind of smooth over the color and make it look consistent. I don't have a lot of gray yet. I do have a little spattering of it. So I do a, a temporary color every eight weeks with my colorist Simone in London. I love him so much. Uh, but sometimes we'll use the L'Oreal spray on the roots after he does a blowout just to kind of cover that inch of growth because my hair is actually a little bit cooler toned in its real form, natural form, than the actual color with the semi-permanent on top. So doing that just blends it all in. It makes it look a little nicer. It's a temporary solution, but it's one that does, again, elevate the look. Then we have this. I feel like if I created a product, <laughs> I would probably create this. I am a collector of this product, but I think it could be even improved on. And if anybody has any suggestions for this, I'm all ears because I want to, I just keep trying these and loving it. It is gloss on your legs, gloss on the legs. I say gloss, but what that is, is basically something sheeny on your legs. If you're going to have shorts, mini skirts, if your legs are going to be open in and like raw, no tights on, no pants on, I have noticed how beautiful the effect of is gloss on the legs and the chest now too. So in the winter, obviously I'm not showing the legs as much, but on the chest, um, it's just so nice to see a little bit of a sheen. So obviously moisture is great. I now am a big fan of moisturizing every morning and night on my body, which is a huge change in the past. I only did it after a shower, which I personally, this is a very defective about me. Don't shower that often. I'm two to three times a week is probably how often I shower. I don't really sweat and I don't smell. So I don't shower very often, maybe three times a week. But I, when I was doing that, was only moisturizing after the shower. And especially in the winter time, now that London is getting cooler, this is getting drier on my skin, but the moisture on the morning and night is keeping it looking really plump and really nice. A huge fan of that. But even on top of that, I am passionate enough that I find I'm using a Ciate London current little 
stick that you can rub on your legs. I've even, and this is like rubbing gold on your legs, but I didn't have a product yet in mind of what would do this. I was using a Westman Atelier highlighter stick that I had for my face. I even used that a few times on my legs. It was like rubbing, like I said, gold on your legs because it's not gold color, but just it's Westman Atelier is a very expensive investment makeup brand. But I just was so excited to have something that would give that sheen onto the legs. And then I found the Ciate, which is much more cost-effective for doing it on large parts of your body, like your legs. So I've switched over to that for now, but I still feel like the pro I would love to see something more like the Westman Atelier highlighter for the body in an affordable price point so that you can use it on your legs and your chest and you're not going to be running through a million of dollars all the time. I think it's so beautiful. It is, especially if you've seen those pictures of me over the summer, that I was doing when I was going out. And it's something that I don't think most people recognize is having been done because I don't like it when it has an actual color to it. I don't want it to look like gold sparkles. I want it to just look like glossiness. So just not soaking wet, but kind of a little bit sheeny. And it is just beautiful. I cannot say enough about that. If you live in a warm climate, oh, like that is a thing. If you're super humid, it might not even need it. It'll just be sweating anyways. But if you're not in a hyper humid climate, love it. Next up, obviously kind of on the same thing is self-tan. Now I never imagined in a million years I'd ever do self-tan and now I'm not stopped since I got into it a year ago. It has been so fun. Obviously it's an investment of time if you're doing it yourself because you have to like do the overnight thing if you're doing it overnight or a few hours, if you're doing a few hours. So if your life is very busy, this may not be the easiest thing to you know, slot in. That said, if you have the time, space, and interest to doing it, I think self-tan is one of the ways that I love where I look better when I'm wearing black when I have a self-tan on. I look better when I'm wearing color with it. I just I just feel like it's so flattering, at least for my perception of myself. So I really enjoy the color self-tan gives to my body so that my outfits look even nicer with that connection to the darker tan color than my paler color. So it also just gives me a way to stay in a color that I like without feeling like I need to go rush out into the sun to get that same effect. I'm using Tanologist. I shared a bunch of this stuff on another episode, my favorite things, um, but that is the one Tanologist mousse. It doesn't have a guide color. I use it overnight. Actually, I'm going to do it tonight myself. And yeah, I just do it once a week and I really enjoy it. Um, next up, uh, this is something you're going to find probably most likely with your outfit photos is your best hairline. Now, I've never heard anyone speak about this, but I think it's really worth noting. So I noticed in my photos, basically, that I liked when my hair was pulled straight back without any part. So maybe you love a deep part, maybe you love a center part, but maybe you don't even look as best as you would if you had no part at all. And that's the case for me. If I have a freshly washed hair and have some nice volume, I do like a center part. But after the day one or day two, I switch over to a no hair part part look. So what I do typically is either wear some barrettes. I have two barrettes or I, and that just is pulled back into like a half like half up, just basically pulling the front pieces back. So there's no hairline, uh, but my hair is still down overall, or I'll do like a little cinnamon bun at the back of my head, but my hair is mostly still down. I just do this little bun and it just looks, I feel nicer not to see a part on my facial features with my hair. I can't explain why. And maybe it's the hair length that it is. Maybe as the hair length shifts, the part will 
look different, but as it currently stands, that is my personal preference. So checking your best hairline, I know is something you don't think about with your outfits, but to me, these are all the details that make the outfit because the outfit's the entire composition of the moment you're creating with your look in that moment. So those things like the gloss on the legs, or if you do a different tan color, or if you, you know, check your hairline and make sure you like how it's looking. These are all little things that to me make up the outfit just as much as elastic cuffs on your blazers or, you know, tucking in your sweatshirt into a string so you don't have to tuck it into your pants. Now we have matching your makeup undertone to your outfit undertone. So undertone is a huge thing I got into and understood at a much deeper level with makeup once I got into that. Undertones are, there's cool and warm and neutral undertones. And I think olive is now even considered an undertone, but I don't think I have olive skin, so I don't really know it more. I actually have neutral cool undertone, but my outfits, because I'm neutral, can swing pretty warm sometimes and cool is definitely easy for me to do. So the undertones of of my colors, the cool reds, cool blues, cool pinks, cool neutrals are obviously super easy and neutral warm can also work with me like camels, etc. So if it's getting the right, but if it gets too orangey or too yellow or too warm, then it doesn't look great on me because of my coloring of my skin, hair, and eyes. But matching your makeup undertone to the outfit undertone is, is one of those elements that really elevates. So if you're gonna wear a warm camel sweater, wearing warm makeup to complement that with a warm blush and a warm toned eye, if you're gonna do eyeshadow, that, and then if you're gonna wear a cool toned pink, doing a cool toned eye and a cool toned blush, basically, is what it kind of comes down to at the end of the day. So I have a peachy, warm blush. I have a neutral, like nude blush. And then I have a cool toned pink blush. And so I have them and I switch them out depending on the outfit I'm wearing to complement the outfit with the makeup so that they all look cohesive and making those undertones coordinate. If you want more on that, if that's not making sense, let me know. I can talk more about it. But that is something that I do every day and don't even really think about it. But it's something I thought might be worth sharing in case anyone hasn't given that a thought before, but might want to play with that. Um, next up is, especially with, this is, again, really small details that I think really make a difference that no one else would probably notice, but they would just say, oh, you look really good or that outfit looks really great on you. <laughs> okay. So for me, I, I learned this from Trini Woodall. She talks about whether black actually suits you. And sometimes she says black colors can be quite harsh and draining on different undertones and different people's skin and hair and eyes. But sometimes she says and pointed out that sometimes you just need to do the right makeup with the color to make the color, for example, like black suit you. And so she and I have such similar she has more olive undertone, but otherwise we have a lot of similarities in our color of our hair and our eyes and our skin. So whenever she wears black, she kind of pointed out what worked for her and I realized what worked for her worked for me also. So she likes to wear lots of black, like not lots, but like she wears black eyeliner and black mascara when she wears black to kind of bring focus to her face so that the black isn't wearing her. The other element I've added to that, so not only do I do black eyeliner, not heavily, but like on the waterline, and then I make sure I have the black mascara on is I use Lumify eye drops, which are eye drops that help make the whites of your eyes whiter. And that with black, 
oh my gosh, totally makes such a difference. You can actually see my eyes. You can see me while I'm wearing black with my blue eyes and my color and everything. You still notice me in the black. And that, I don't usually do the Lumify in other colors. I don't think it's necessary. But when I'm wearing black, I'd love to add the Lumify. And I know it's so subtle and so nitty gritty, but this is just the joy that I have is these are the things that I do to elevate. And then last but not least, I want to say on the jewelry note for people, um, for myself, I have an overall more delicate jewelry look. I always have. I did jewelry that was more delicate back in the day. I think it suits my frame and my features best. So I do have some chunky. I'm wearing a chunky necklace at the moment, actually, as I speak. And I have kind of been playing with more chunky rings lately than I used to in the past, but I still have lots of delicate necklaces and I've invested in them and I still love them and I still wear them regularly. But one thing I've done to chunkify my delicate jewelry is to layer them to kind of give bulk to what is essentially still a very delicate chain. So oftentimes if I'm not wearing something chunky, I like to layer two or three delicate chains and make kind of a layered effect of these chains, which ends up kind of being a little bit more aligned to what looks great right now, especially in trend, but also something that I like to see on myself. So you can always kind of edit your stuff that you already have used love to the trends by adjusting in that kind of way. So if you have some delicate jewelry, I still think it's totally beautiful. And of course, it will definitely come back around to be the new trend in a year or two's time, I'm sure. But in the meantime, layering it too can also keep it looking modern and fresh. Okay, guys, there you have it. That is all the things I could possibly think of. <laughs> Brown tights, three colors in outfit, uh, glossy legs when it works out or chest or, or shoulders, whatever you're seeing, white eyes with the black makeup, um, an eyeliner so that it, your eyes stand out and not just get over, overwhelmed by black. Matching the undertone of makeup to the undertone of your outfit. Yeah, there you go. Those are all the things with a bold belt, no pendant necklaces. Those are all the little details I can possibly think to share. I hope this was fun for you to listen to. It was really fun for me to think of and try to rack my brain for you and give you every little detail that I'm doing in these day-to-day -day decisions as I'm outfitting for the joy of it so that maybe it will help you find new avenues for joy and your own outfit creations as well. Until next time, may something wonderful happen to you today.